Nitrite City is known for its uh, hard people and uh, harder drinks. The following Patreon listeners made this podcast possible, and thus get their first drink on the house. Nick Morgan, Jonah Levin, The Redacted Files Podcast Network, Fabian, Sam, David Miller, Alexander Close, Nielsen Harrow, Jamie Delholm, and Dana Shiver. Thanks! Mickey's phone rings. His mother answers, I'm sure. Hello, Bell residents. Hello, is this Mrs. Bell? This is. Who do I have the pleasure of speaking to? Hi, this is Joe. I'm calling from the Church of the Frankenchrist. I was wondering if I could talk to Mickey. Oh, it is you, people. Of, of, of course. I apologize for calling at such a strange time. It's just that... We recently had one of our ushers leave, and we were wondering if Mickey would be interested in picking up some hours. We can compensate him for his time. It's a rigorous sort of uh, endeavor. Yes, he would absolutely be interested. Mickey, phone call! Like a distant mournful howl from like the roof of the house. And then there's like the clattering down the stairs as a, again, shaggy looking Mickey kind of bounced down. He's, he hasn't gone full feral or anything, but he's embraced his wolf a little bit more since he doesn't have that much of an excuse to be as human as he used to be. <laughs> what is it, Mom? You have a job. You need to you need to get the information on the start date. Make sure you ask about the compensation. They did promise that it was available, so you need to make sure that you're going to get a fair rate. Wait, who, who's who's offering me a job? Oh, it is that 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 silly. No, I'm sorry. That's disrespectful. It is that nice uh, religion that you've shown such interest in. You know, despite our family going back in the Catholic Church for three generations, but that's fine. <laughs> I want you to be who you are, sweetie. So just please take the job. I, the phone, the phone. And Mickey kind of cautiously reaches over, takes one. All right, Mom, thanks. Uh, hello, this is Mickey. Hi, Mickey. It's Joe. Oh, uh, is, is the bar open again? No, Mickey. Oh. Now, I told your nice mother that I had a paying job for you. Uh-huh. I don't lie to nice women, and I certainly don't lie to mothers. So, good news. I have a paying job for you. Uh, oh, that's, uh, um, I mean, thanks. Uh, do, do I, do I need to dress up for it? Because I'm, um, I, I, re- I think I might need to shave. I wouldn't mind it if you looked a little more put together. <sighs> All right. It'll make your parents proud. Besides, we're going somewhere where uh, it'll help if you don't stand out too much. Uh, all right. Um. And in fact, Mickey, it is technically for the church. Oh, I mean, honestly, at this point, I just mom, mom's been on my guide. Love you, mom. Uh, uh, anyway, yes. Um, where? Uh, so, meet you at the church. Joe moves some of the blinds in his apartment and looks down at the washing mold.
Meet me at the wash and mold on 5th and Boris. Got it. I'll be over in a bit. Yeah. And, um, Bump's gonna be there as well. Just, um, wear something you can move around in. Okay? Sure, sure. Alright, I'll, I'll be there shortly. Oh, and Mickey. Yeah. Take the long way around. Uh, Alright. Alright, got it. Uh, so yeah, 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 I'm gonna. They want me right now, so I, I gotta, you know, and uh, the things with. The, all right, mom, love you. But and he's like bounding back up the stairs to go, you know, get ready. Okay, bump. Do you go directly to the washing mold? Oh yeah, uh, he wasn't told to take the long way. So and honestly, truth be told, bump wouldn't take the long way because he's lazy. But he is keeping an eye out. The shadows are watching his back as he's moving towards the wash and mold, smoking a leisurely cigarette. And it's not a long walk for you. The Church of the Frankenchrist is on 5th and Curtis, and only a block away is Boris Street. So you make it over there in uh, just a couple of minutes. I imagine you're the first to actually make it to the laundry, because it sounds like Joe is probably hanging out in his house watching everything from above. Mm-hmm. Joe, you see Bump going to the laundromat to collect his laundry. This is more of a chore than anything. He, he really did the bare minimum for making this meeting happen. He walks in, grabs a suit, throws it over his shoulder, pays them a few bills that might have disappeared from the charitable bin from the church. And then he says, thank you very much. Hey, uh, you're still shining my shoes, right? Yes. That's what I like to hear. Spit shine, remember. <laughs> Bump has got to sparkle. And he walks out, a little skip to his step, but then he leans against the broken light pole as he celebrates with another cigarette. So who arrives next? You know, Mickey was told to take the long way around, so he's gonna go to the rooftops. He was told to, to get something he can move around in, so he's got his loosest fitting clothes on, which in which he can kind of like half shift a little and not immediately rip them apart. And in pure canine exuberance, is just bounding from rooftop to rooftop, staying out of sight of the streets until he gets to the, to the block where the laundry is. And then he'll, you know, kind of climb down, shake himself off, adjust his collar a little, and then saunter over to the laundry as well. Where you will see Bump standing next to a light post. Oh, hey, um, Bump? Hey, Mickey! Who could forget that face? How you doing, buddy? You're looking good! Are you eating? Tell me you're eating. Oh, yeah, no, Mom's also keeping me fed. Oh, that's good. That's real good. I mean, she, she doesn't cook as much meat as I'd like, but, uh... Oh, I, I get that. You know, the Frankenchrist is great and all, but get this. You can only have one breakfast. One! And I'll be honest, the eggs? Okay, you know what? The eggs are fine. Just fine. I, I, I can't complain about the eggs, what I'm saying, but... The pancake rule they have going on there is just ridiculous. So it's okay, it's okay. What, what I'm trying to get across is that you and me, were both suffered in our own ways. So uh, I'm guessing the big guy called you over? Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, you know, got a job, so I'm taking it. Yeah, well, hopefully he gets here soon or we'll be losing that job real quickly. No, don't worry about it, fellas. Just wanted to make sure that neither one of you was followed. Bump jumps. And half in the shadows, half out with the illumination of a cherry on a cigarette, is Standing Joe in different clothes than what you're used to. He's got a gray overcoat instead of the traditional beige, and he's got a bowler hat on now, and looks like a shabby suit underneath. And he's wearing a—he's wearing an ascot. It's not the greatest look, but 
He's trying something different than the usual tie. How have you guys been? Well, I was just telling him about my hardship, but I don't need to repeat myself. No. You ready to do this thing? I'm uh, I'm trying to pick up where my shadow tendril went, but it's getting a little uh, uh, finicky. I mean, what, what, what are we doing? Uh, catch him up, Joe. I need to concentrate. And Bump is going to walk into a nearby alleyway and just close his eyes. And with all that darkness around him, he's going to try to use that to amplify his reach for his shadow tendril. So he's going to try to track where it is currently. Okay, so I think that tracking is basically it's going to be an overcome action. So roll me horror is what we said is your tracking with your tendrils. And this is only going to be a, a plus two difficulty. With that, got a five. Wow. So you succeed with style, certainly, on that roll. So you're going to have a boost on your next action. And as you are concentrating on your shadow tendril, you feel that it is nearby. It's a very strong connection that you have, despite the length of time you've been spent waiting for everybody to show up and to actually get to activate your tracking. So you can tell that it's nearby, and it's probably only a block or so away from where you're at. Mm, Good. Okay. Okay. I got this. And I'm going to let Joe and Mickey talk for a little bit before I return. Long story short, Mickey, is it seems that um, Dr. Blaze from the church is in a little trouble with the Holy Rollers and has decided to find his courage. Oh, no. Oh, but don't worry. He has a sandwich. Uh, Oh, boy. Okay. So he's, uh, wait, he's just going to go by himself to deal with those guys? I think he's just going to try to stand up to them, show them that they're not going to be pushed around or whatever dead men say. I mean, he's not hes not completely defenseless because, right, uh, reanimated and all that, but yeah, it's not going to go well for him. Uh, good news. I, I got it. Well, I think I got it. Uh, he's really close. Oh, where is he at, Bum Bum? I, I don't know exactly where he's at, but I, I can smell it. Uh, just follow behind me. Hey, hey, hey uh, do you mind carrying my suit? I would, but I just, I have to focus on this whole thing, else I could just lose it at any moment. Sure thing. I take it and I hand it to Mickey. Uh, I got it. All right. And Bump will lead them to wherever this feeling in his gut is telling him where to go. So the feeling in your gut leads you about a block north to the real-to-real bar where you see that the bar is not the inferno, certainly, that the waning gibbous was, but there are shattered windows, there's glass all over the sidewalk, and looks like there's been some graffiti sprayed on the wall, and gathered out front, of course, are all of the worried and the scared folks who had been patroning the bar. The Real to Real bar was a competitor of the Waning Gibbous uh, when you guys were active, as it is another bar that caters exclusively to people who are affected by the flicker effect. David, you actually are the creator of the Real to Real from your, your recent notebook. Do you want to give us a little rundown of who we might be seeing out front? Uh, sure, the people you'd be seeing out front are a rogues gallery of predominantly monsters from the flicker. Much like the Waning Gibbous, the only difference is the Waning Gibbous was kind of the bar that you either pre-gamed at or ended your sloppy drunk night at, whereas like the actual place to go was the real to real. 
You're going to see a cadre of zombies, kind of more well-dressed individuals, few aliens, and then you are definitely going to hear the voice of the owner and proprietor, who is Dracula. But not just any Dracula. Dracula from Dracula versus the Martians, which is a 1947 B, if not C-grade horror movie that was shot predominantly in the desert of California. So Dracula is basically the most comedic, over-the-top version of Dracula. There's none of this Christopher Lee smoldering silence to him. He is hawking children cereal, like, nine to five. You know what I'm curious about? If the vampires that were here prior to the flicker hate the vampires that came out of the movies. Because they're like, that's a stereotype. You're a stereotype. Yep. Oh, yeah. Trixie was not a fan of this Dracula. Doesn't matter. He's a fan of her. Another thing that they had going on is that uh, Dracula is very publicly in support of the Flickr community and helps people like get jobs or places to live because greater LA doesn't trust or like us. So he's a person of many favors. And in fact, you hear Dracula is uh, deep in conversation with a... I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear this. When I was writing this, I was like, oh, do you think she's going to have to do this voice? Click, 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 click. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So you hear Dracula in conversation with a, a very tall, reanimated individual. You're seeing from the back, Dr. Blaze. And you hear Dracula saying, But Dr. Blaze, what you are saying is madness. Of course I am in favor of us protecting ourselves, but arming ourselves is never going to end well. And Dr. Blaze, he waves off Dracula and he turns to the still-assembled monsters. My friends, for too long, our neighborhood has been at the mercy of these mobsters, these bullies, such as the Holy Rollers. First, it was Montenegro who ruled us with a meaty and, and greedy fist. And ever since his disappearance, it has been nothing but acts of violence and greed, one after another, not just from the, the, the humans, but amongst ourselves. We are seeing these, these men and women who think that just because they wield immense power means that they should be able to grind any of us under their heel, and I say no more. I say that we band together and show ourselves, our friends and our neighbors, and yes, even the humans that still dwell amongst us, that there is a better way. Join me. We are creating tonight, right here, is the first stand of the Flicker Patrol. We are going to take up arms and we are going to defend ourselves and show that we do not need some mob boss coming in telling us how to live our lives. We do not need to give our hard-earned money to someone coming in from the outside who has no interest in giving back and truly protecting us. No, we should be following in the footsteps of the Frankenchrist, and we are going to rise up, become more than what we were created to be, which these people think is to be cowards. No, we shall rise up and show that we are brave and that we won't take it anymore. Who is with me? There's a smattering of applause. Joe, this does not look good. 
Mickey kind of leads over to Joe and Bump and is, uh, I'm gonna be honest, I'm, I'm kind of with him. That's not what I'm talking about. I just noticed the sandwich looks like it's been eaten, and I'm real curious where that tendril went. Think you'll find out in a couple of days. Hey, um, doctor. Doctor, uh, doctor over here, doctor, Dr. Blaze, Dr. Blaze, ha <laughs> ha! Yes, yes, my friends, uh, Bump and, and, and Joe, was it? Hmm. Hey, Dr. Blaze, this is Joe Lester. Joe Lester, this is Dr. Blaze. You guys, I'm telling you, we're cut from the same corpse. I'm sure you guys have plenty to talk about. Listen, Doc, I as much as maybe more than anybody else appreciates how angry good Mr. Dracula and the patrons of this fine establishment must be. Very angry. Very very angry but the graveyard is full of brave men what you're proposing sure could be verified and supported by the great frankenchrist but at what point do you take the passion for revenge and you no longer are the monster but the villagers if you're suggesting Taking up arms? Maybe you should just call the police first. Dr. Blaze scoffs. If the police were going to do something, why aren't they here now? And he's once again projecting his voice, obviously no longer speaking just to you. He's once again trying to get the crowd behind him. There was an act of violence, an act of vandalism here. Does anyone see a police officer? The night that your bar burned down. Everyone remember the waning gibbous? The night that the waning gibbous burned down. Not enough hands go up and Joe feels that a little. (laughs) I mean, are we sure this was the Holy Rollers? And he just points back at the wall with the the graffiti, which says the Holy Rollers were here. Okay, okay, listen. Anyone can write a few words. Bump pauses and looks over towards the slime man to his left and says, uh, except for the slime man, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I know you're still working on not dissolving the pencils. Oh, okay, okay, everyone but slime man could write a few lines. The slime man lowers his head in shame before Bump looks back towards Joe and Dr. Blaze. Listen, you were asking where the cops are. I'll tell you where they are. He points towards Joe. Joe right here, he used to be a cop, one of the best cops ever. You give him just a couple of hours to look things over and we could just make sure that this isn't some person trying to get insurance money. Or just trying to, I don't know, start war between mortals and monsters. Insurance money? What makes you think that I had insurance on the bar? <laughs> That's, that seems to be going around a lot. Okay, how about this? Who is in favor of Joe and company looking around and investigating? Go ahead and say yay. Yay. Joe raises a massive hand that casts a shadow over the rest of the crowd. And who doesn't support this? Say, blah. I cast a withering glare over everyone. (laughs) And then to bump. (laughs) Bump, I think that this is a role to try to get the, the crowd on your side. Yeah, it is. And you know what? Let's actually make this opposed versus Dr. Blaze. And I have a talent that gives me a boost? Yes, yes. Your boost would definitely apply to this. Do you think this would be more drama or comedy on Bump's part? It's feeling a little comedic. Cool, I agree. Dr. Blaze rolls a four. Uh, Bump got a five. All right. 
So with a five, there are more hands raised in your favor than there are blows in the favor of, of Dr. Blaze. Even though Dracula wasn't on Blaze's side, uh, still, somehow he got roped into that vote. So Dr. Blaze, he shakes his head. All right. Well, I did advocate for a better way, and I'm all for democracy. So you have your opportunity, Joe. Well, look at it this way, Doctor. Consider an experiment. You are the control group. If I'm right, and we can handle this without some sort of mob, then we go back to something better. Business as usual, at the very worst. If I'm wrong, then you can conduct another experiment of the whole pitchforks and torches variety. But as it stands right now, all I'm telling you to do is risk me, not them. All right. The investigation is yours. Hope that you're up to it. Yeah. Well, most of me is. And he looks over your shoulder. Well, speak of the devil. Have fun with your investigation. And he's going to start walking away. Frank and Christ be with you, too. And walking up behind the crowd with a big old grin on his face is Big Pete. Big Pete is strolling up the street like he owns the place. He is, of course, in a bright purple suit as he is strolling up the street. Again, just just big grin on his face. He says, friends, I hear that there was some trouble tonight. And look at the three of you. Trouble just seems to follow you gentlemen, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a gift we have. Petey. Long time no see. Didn't know that you frequent this establishment. Oh, no. <laughs> and he just like gives a big belly laugh. No, no, no. I've never been here before in my life. But as a concerned citizen of the neighborhood, I heard that there was some trouble. And of course, I hate to see people in need like this. So I wanted to invite everybody that had been here at the... What is it? Real to the real to real uh, to come back to my new establishment. First drink is on me for everybody, which, of course, has everybody from the real to real who are, of course, all already a couple of drinks in cheering and asking you like, what direction do we go? Get, tell us where to go. We're on our way. So you're telling me that uh, the real to real wasn't your bag, Petey? <laughs> no, no, I like a, uh, a classier joint, uh, a place that's, uh, you know, just a, has a, a higher elevation to it, known for its stage presence, and uh, already came with a great barkeeper. Hmm. Everyone, the waning gibbous is open once again for business. What? Under new management. Oh god, that means old management sucks. That's code. That is code. I know that code. I use it all the time. You opened the waning gibbous? I did indeed. You can't do that. I mean, technically, we didn't copyright the name, and, and yes, we got evicted. But, 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 but that's our place. But, 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 but I, I'm, I'm the bartender at the waning gibbous. The night that I was last there, there was a short fellow there, a, a satyr, who, who was... That guy wouldn't know how to mix a drink to save his own life. Well, gentlemen, 
to show that there's no hard feelings, of course, you're invited to join us. Drinks are on me. Yeah, maybe we'll take you up on that a little later. If you'll excuse me, I have to get back to my bar. How do you heat that place, Petey? Nice big chimney? No, probably not, huh? Probably don't allow old men in there either. You know, they're all tough. All right, have fun with the kids. We actually have upgraded to the latest in electric heat sources because it turns out the last place really wasn't up to code when it came to fire suppression. Friends tell me that fire is bad, but so is bad business practices. But hey, I'm not here to preach. You enjoy that crowd of yours there, Petey. I'll be seeing you. Oh, trust me, I will. Gentlemen, have a good evening. Joe, if he thinks I'm going to play at that bar for my original price, I will not. I mean, maybe double my price, but but you know what? I will not sing on key. Oh, who am I kidding? I have perfect pitch. Damn this curse. All right. I turned back towards the guys. Okay. It's a pretty significant kick to the teeth, but he didn't have to do that. It's a personal thing. That's actually not bad. He took our bar. That's the worst thing. I mean, technically, it's your bar, and I just worked there. But I really was feeling connected to it. So if we if we if we burn down his bar, then then we can take it back. I mean, that's, that's how it works, right? Legally. I mean, that tracks. I think that's a law or something. No, we're not burning anyone's bar down. I'd start motioning the guys to walk with me, even if we were the kind of heartless bastards that would want to burn that place to the ground for revenge. We wouldn't, because we won't, because we're not heartless bastards. But here's why it's not a bad thing. Because it's personal. When you do things that are personal, you get sloppy. Because it's your heart, not your head speaking. So, all we have to do is go about this with our heads. So what do we know? We know that... Big old Petey went through the trouble and the paperwork, maybe, of opening up the waiting gibbous again. Why? Uh, we know he built it really quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's been like two weeks. Mm-hmm. When's the last time a permit went through that quickly through City Hall? Well, if he's paying off the right people, which means he's got money. Resources. Resources? You mean unlimited? Do you think he got the bag from little Nicky? We didn't see who won that little tussle. No. I don't think so, but I think it might bear asking him. All right, uh, we'll follow your lead, Joe. I think we should check out the real to real. I mean, it's not a coincidence that Big Pete showed up after this whole thing happened here. Maybe he got sloppy here and paid some boys to mess it up, and we could find something to pin it on him. I don't know. Give an idea of exactly what it is he's trying to do. But the thing is, if he's opening up a waning gibbous just to kick us in the teeth... Somebody's got to be backing him. He was second in command when it came to Nikki. Somebody's going to trust that scumbag? He's a turncoat. Somebody seems desperate. Somebody desperate enough to take a two-timing dime store monster like Petey and put him on the payroll. Is he a monster? I mean, we never found out. He's a tall man, but there are rumors that he's more than just what he seems. You saw that fist fight with the old man? Held his own? thing, though, he hired us. Why is he suddenly getting his own hands dirty? 
Lots of questions. Why don't we check out the uh, reel-to-reel, see if Drac will let us poke around for a minute. Hey, Drac! Hey, Drac, my man! Over here! What can I do for you? Okay, uh, we just gotta, we just gotta look around. We gotta investigate all that boring stuff. And, and I know, I, I know you're probably thirsting for a, uh, a damsel or something, cause it's been a hell of a night. Uh, so how about you just leave us the keys or we can just climb through one of the broken windows and we're just gonna be looking around. I just want to keep you informed so you're not confused when you come back and find us snooping around. Of course. You are, uh... Now the police, apparently, who are going to be investigating, so good luck. (laughs) Absolutely. And as long as the cops aren't asking what we're doing, we are absolutely your police. So don't you worry about us. You have Johnny Law here at your side. See ya, Drac. And he's going to walk to the door, and when he goes to touch the handle, it just falls in and crashes. Oh, hey, we don't need the keys after all. Joe turns towards Dracula and produces one of his cards. Give me a ring if anything comes up a little, uh, strange. You know, for us. And, uh, sorry about your bar. Truly. Professional rivalry doesn't mean, uh, and he motions towards all the destruction. On a Saturday night, you have enough to worry about without this place actually becoming a hellhole. You, uh, have a good night, day, whatever, Drac. Indeed. So the three of you are alone in front of the reel-to-reel bar. Some of the windows have been smashed in. There is, as said, the graffiti on the wall, which appears to proclaim that the Holy Rollers were here. How do you wish to proceed? Joe steps into the doorway of the reel-to-reel before pausing, thinking, and then looking back at the others. And then he says... Look, the kick to the teeth, this town is going to do that to you. But why us, why Petey? It's got to be something. Why the Holy Rollers? What do you mean, why us, why Petey? Petey's pissed off because we screwed his plan up. I mean, well, you screwed his plan up. You're the one who decided to summon old Saint Nick to have a little talk with him when we could have just given him the bag. Yeah. I mean, I've been meaning to ask you about that. Bump says as he's walking into this bar, like ducking under the broken beams, stepping over like the broken bottles. Why did we decide not to give old Petey the bag? It just does. I mean, we had done that entire mission and we just gave it up at the very end. And the risk of outsmarting myself. I didn't know exactly what little Nicky was capable of. Didn't know what kind of friends he had. And then, seeing everybody, seeing the Duke, seeing uh, Senorita Blanca, seeing all of them, just showing up. And Nikki is happy as a clam. A war, the likes of which this town has never seen, could have popped off right there in his home. And he didn't have a care in the world. You gonna side with the guy who wants to stab him in the back? Well, when you put it like that, I suppose not. Now, it was a no-win situation. We can see now, Petey already flipped. He's working with somebody else. Yeah, I've done some shady things as a PI. At the end of it, it just didn't seem like we could trust the client. And that's usually the case, but felt like I was holding a damn atom bomb. Say, Bumpo. What you got? 
What do you think is more important, brains or balls? Oh, always balls. People can learn how to think with their heads, but people can't feel with their balls. Trust me. It's like this. What's more important, the talent or the piano itself? It's always the piano. Because I can't make a freaking piano. Very few people can. But you can always be taught how to play the piano. Don't quote me on that. I've been drinking. Mm. All right. Mickey, you here? Yeah. This... Well, what, what are you smelling? I'm, I'm getting hints of, uh, well, not garlic. Uh, I mean, I smell burnt alcohol. It makes me sad. That's true. Angela, what does the inside look like as we step in deeper to this broken bar? The inside looks like a lot of people left in a hurry. Whatever sort of attack there was, it didn't really make it inside. You certainly see some shattered glass near those windows again. And there's some shattered glass around from people that dropped their drinks in a hurry, both from bottles of alcohol as well as their shot glasses and whatever. But it doesn't look like there was any real sign of an altercation inside of the bar. All right. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, let's, uh, hmm. Bump's going to move towards the bar and investigate a martini as we are just kind of standing around. And then Bump looks towards Joe and says, you know, I was thinking this is probably the Holy Rollers. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. But if there was a new person in town, someone that Big Pete's working with, it'd be weird if uh, bars weren't, you know, paying protection money. Do you think that... uh Old Dracula has the books in the back? Yeah. Drac's a lot of things. A nice guy is usually on the top of that list. But also, pretty standard businessman. Usually on the, on the level. So I'm sure he wouldn't mind if we took a peek. It's not like we're his competition anymore. Let's find the book, bring it out to the bar, and let's uh, peruse. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll look at the book. You, uh, you and Mickey glance around, see if uh, this makes sense to you. And then Bump is heading off towards the back of the bar, Angela, towards the offices. Mickey and Joe, what do you want to do out here? You can investigate within the bar, or you could go back outside, take a look at some things. Both, because there's two of you. Mm-hmm. Mickey. Yeah? I need you to go outside and do me a favor. All right. If this was the Holy Rollers, then they would have had their bikes with them. Yeah. Can you tell me if there's any oil on the ground out there? Uh, probably. Let me, let me go see. Gasoline, something like that. All right. Thanks, man. Mickey uh, spins around, heads outside, and starts looking at the ground, sort of sniffing, trying to see if he can either see or smell familiar. I mean, he is familiar with, with the scent of motorbikes, especially since they already dealt with the Holy Rollers before, so he's looking for similar scents. Yeah, werewolf after all. Yeah, so uh, since you are using kind of your werewolf senses, do you think this is horror? Uh, yeah. Or is this drama? You know, I want to go with horror because, specifically because again, you know, there's the, it's the holy rollers he's looking for. <laughs> it's that that there's that 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 instinctive. Uh, he, he probably shifts a little as he's like sniffing, especially if he if he does get any familiar sense. You know, sure, like his teeth sure. are long and anything. Yeah, so he's like leaning into that you know, werewolf rage of his. Since you're looking for something that you have a good feeling is there. You know, there were reports of motorcycles coming through. Mm -hmm. So it's only going to be a one difficulty for you to start looking around or sniffing around. Let's roll and see what I get. That is a plus one on the roll and my horror is plus three. Huh? So that is a four. 
Okay, so you succeed with style there. Yeah. So you absolutely find motorcycle tracks as well. You can smell the oil, the gasoline, as Joe had mentioned to be looking for. Two things that are missing, though, you don't smell the very distinct smell of those sodium vapor headlights. Mm. So that's one thing that's missing. As well as the smell of gasoline and oil is certainly heavy on the ground to your heightened senses. Right. But it's not the same. Huh. From the tracks, it's certainly motorcycles. You can tell that. So it's not like you're smelling car engine oil or something right, like right. that. But it's not exactly what you smelled out in the desert in Arroyo Vista. Good work with that. And so with a success with style, I think we can put an aspect on the scene with a free invoke for you. Mm-hmm. Well, two free invokes because it is with style. What should we call this aspect relating to the motorcycle scents and tracks that we've found? Uh, let's do I Know Your Scent Now. All right, so we've got our first aspect down. I know your scent now. Joe, do you have anything specific you want to look into, or are you just waiting for the books to be brought back? Joe's poking around. He's going underneath the cupboards. He's looking at the tables themselves. He's familiar with the bar. He's been there a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And finds a flashlight and starts waving it around kind of absentmindedly, and then taps it a couple of times on his hand, and then sees himself in the mirror and flashes it a couple of times. And then it's a large establishing shot of him looking around and then making a motion like he's directing a scene from the bar all the way to the front area. And then he's going to look for a back exit. There's a well-marked emergency exit towards the back of the seating area. He's going to poke his head out, just see where it leads off to. It's a small alley. You know, there's dumpsters out there. You see some rats scurrying around when you open the door. And he leans out and he... You know, he's a big guy, so he touches the other wall with his arm and kind of measures in his head and then goes back inside for when Mickey comes back in. Okay. And then in the back room where you are looking for the books bump, there is an office that is not nearly as well kept as Trixie kept the old office at the waiting gibbous. So it takes you a moment to find where the books are. And where the second set of books are. You know in this town, there's never going to be just one set of books. And as you are kind of shuffling papers around, one of them catches your eye. You find a flyer, it looks like. And on one side is written a message in a rough scrawl. And it says, we're taking back the neighborhood from your kind. Oh, that's not good. He's going to quickly fold that paper and put it in his pocket and then just grab the first book and the second books and heads off through this mess back towards Joe. As he enters the bar, he says, Ugh, I tell you, these Paramount monsters, unorganized like sons of bitches, all of them. Hey, Joe, where you at? Joe's got his back to Bumpo when he turns around and walks back in and he flashes Bump once in the face with the light. Oh, come on, low blow. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know, I know, but I'm thinking about this, Bump. Well, let's wait till Mickey gets back in here. Mickey! Just around that moment, you see Mickey, and he's not wolfed out completely, but, like, he's got that little bit of an edge. He's a little more hairy, a little tighter against his clothes, like he's there on the verge of shifting, and he's like, I don't Don't... Don't think it was the rollers. Oh. Doesn't smell like him. That's interesting. All right. Yeah. That's why something's bothering me about this whole thing. The Holy Rollers are trying to put the squeeze on Drac. Wouldn't be surprising. 
But that's a pretty narrow way in. Got a room full of monsters. And then you've got a real narrow exit out there that can easily be blocked off by one or two bikes. But all you got is superficial damage. Not much of a threat. You're saying the Holy Rollers would have locked them in and did a lot of damage. Go old uh, Inquisitor style? Or at least keep them in here with those fancy lights of theirs. Well, that's terrifying to think about. Yeah. And he's like shifting back like as he kind of calms down a bit. I didn't smell the lights. What lights? Oh, the, the sulfur lights? Yeah. Huh. That's kind of their thing. If you were going to scare the heck out of a leader of the community like Drac, make people in the uh, bar feel like they weren't being protected, you'd use those. Scare the living hell out of everybody inside. But they didn't. Bump's going to pull out uh, the flyer he found and puts it down. I uh, I found this on the desk near the books. It looks like Drac got an anonymous note saying that they were taking back the night from our kind. Well, maybe it was Drac writing it to somebody. Probably not, but, you know, it's worth noticing. Well, let's take a look. And I'm going to take the pamphlet mm-hmm. and I'm going to check it against the handwriting of the legal, legitimate book. Because that would definitely be in Drax's handwriting. So the threat that we're taking back the neighborhood from your kind, that definitely does not match up with the handwriting from the legal books. However, once you're looking at this specifically, you see that down in the corner, there is a handwritten note, which matches what you presume to be Drax's handwriting in the books, saying, take back the fright, 6 p.m., City Hall, and tomorrow's date. And also, if you happen to flip over this flyer, on the reverse side of it is a promotion for the Waning Gibbuses reopening. That I don't like. Take back the fright, 6 p.m. City Hall tomorrow night. Never heard of this. Bump, you've heard that phrase tossed around at the Church of the Frankenchrist. Never probably really caught your attention. You probably don't have too many details on it. But you've heard that phrase mentioned. I think Dr. Electro used that once or twice. Uh, she's the lady married to uh, Dr. Blaze. I think they were tossing that term around uh, once in a while. I wasn't really paying attention, but uh, take back the fright. I thought it was a little, you know, on the nose. But I think they were riffing on the whole, you know, take back the night from the monsters. So they're saying take back the fright, you know, something along those lines. Again, I wasn't paying attention, but I think that's the Church of the Frankenchrist for sure. All right. So we got to take back the fright. 6 p.m. tomorrow night. And Drax's been holding on to one of these flyers for the heretical waning gibbous. And then tonight he gets a visit from a bunch of motorcycle jockeys that do a little damage to the side of the place and then beat feet or wheels as it were and we don't think it's the holy rollers do you want me to look over the books yeah please go for it bump bump's gonna sit down and start looking through the books angela and you have a passing familiarity with the books trixie was certainly responsible for them at the waning gibbous but you know you looked over them occasionally So there is, of course, your very boring first set of books that are just running through the day-to-day business of the bar. Looks like Drac wasn't doing too bad, especially like in the last two weeks. Looks like uh, business has really, really picked up. And then if you look in the second set of books, 
you do see that, you know, if you go back maybe to the beginning of last year, you can see that there is always a significant portion of the profits were being siphoned off, you can assume as some form of protection money. In October, that stopped. Okay, I think I think I I got this. Uh, This was uh, Montenegro uh, in the very beginning, because we were paying that guy as well. Yes, you were. And uh, this was his neighborhood. So you could see a large chunk of money was going to him. But in October, that stopped. I can give you one guess as to why. And then it looks for like a couple months goes by where he's keeping the profits. And Angela, is there any uptick of him suddenly starting to pay protection money again? No, there's not. Oh, that's interesting. He's actually uh, not paying protection money. He's still being, uh, I mean, this is just a preliminary look, but it looks like these books are matching up with the added profits. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it looks like he's renovating some places around here, making the bar a little bit better, better with this extra money. So... Yeah, I don't think there's a new player in this town yet, Joe. That's uh, that's sort of surprising. Yeah, that is kind of weird. I mean, this might be the start of it. Scare them into thinking that they need someone to protect them. They start, you know, pushing out the money. Person comes in and offers their services, things like that. But nothing has come yet. And then Drax got that little letter that says, uh, "Take back, take back this part of town from our kind." Yeah, that he does. A hell of a lot of things going on in 48 hours. Make sure you don't grab anything that Drac's going to miss. He did us a uh, relative favor by letting us deputize ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Not a problem. And Bump is immediately grabbing, like, an empty glass, Angela, that someone kind of left. Downs the rest of the drink, and then he reaches under the bar and grabs a fistful of olives and drops them into the glass. He was thinking about taking the entire bottle of olives, but, you know. You're right. We have to be respectful to our kind. Uh, all right. If that's all, I guess. Uh, so there's somebody's acting like the Holy Rollers, but we don't think it is the Holy Rollers. Yeah. And uh, right now, the only thing we got is a pamphlet that said, take back the night from our kind, as well as uh, apparently take back the fright is happening tomorrow at City Hall. Well, if you heard it in the church, then next stop is going to have to be the Frankenchrist house. All right, all right, don't worry. I'm actually really good friends with them. They love me there. Let's go. Sure. All right. And the Church of the Frankenchrist is just a couple of blocks away, so it is easy for you to walk down there. Joe and Mickey, just before we go in, uh, flirting with Dr. Electra, she's pretty committed to her husband. So if you're you're thinking about giving her the old baby blues, it's not going to work. I've tried it. It was shot down entirely. So, you know. Just uh, lay off the swoon gain. Sure, Senorita Blanca finds out that you've been giving the baby blues to anybody, though, buddy. Ugh, don't even bring up Senorita Blanca. She pretty much dumped me now that she has, like, a gang war to prepare for, so. She's a woman who's focusing on her career. It's refreshing. It's a new era. I suppose. But, you know, sometimes you just want to find a woman who will just stay with you and watch someone scream until madness. I don't know, Bumpo. Joe kind of adjusts himself. It's like. Roughly 40% of me is actually lady parts, so now I think I've got plenty of companionship. I think it's my biceps. I think she was a boxer. Uh, Bump is opening the door and uh, leaning into the Victorian house and says, uh, Hello, uh, Dr. Blaze, Dr. Electra." Nobody responds immediately, but you can hear hushed voices speaking. Sounds like in the kitchen. 
Bump is walking into this place like he owns the place because, you know, in Bump's mind, he kind of does. <laughs> I mean, you've been living there for two weeks, way longer than anybody other than Dr. Blaze and Dr. Electra, so... Squatter rights, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've claimed the attic. <laughs> and in the kitchen, you find that the hushed voices belong to said doctors. Doctor, doctor, tell me the news. I got a strange case of loving both you. And is that rump roast? Oh, yeah. And Bump sits down at the table. Dr. Blaze looks over at you, Bump, and then his eyes trail back to where I assume he sees Joe and Mickey in the doorway. Mm-hmm. Yep. I take off my hat. Joe, Blaze, y'all know each other. Oh, but uh, Joe, Mickey, this is the alluring and intelligent Dr. Electra. Yes, hello. My, uh, my husband was just telling me about his introduction to all of you tonight. Yeah, not the finest way to meet somebody, but, you know, it does have a certain kind of uh, L.A. feel to it. At least for uh, this part of Tinseltown. Actually, considering my experiences with this neighborhood, it's a damn fine how-do-you-do. Uh, pardon my French. Dr. Blaze shakes his head. I don't know why you gentlemen don't understand the importance of the people of this neighborhood standing together. The thing about this neighborhood and this town, Doc, and again, maybe we run in different circles, but the people of this town will stand together under the right circumstances. Right now, if somebody's slinging hooch for free on the other side of town, well, what does booze do? Helps you forget your troubles. Sorry to say, but a lot like the box office, it comes down to money. Right now, there isn't enough money on the table for everybody to stand together. People got rent. And I sympathize. I'm right there with them. I'm part of this neighborhood too. I have felt the the hardship of someone more powerful than you coming in and demanding extra money just so that you have the privilege of staying in your home, of keeping your business going. Who shook you down? That uh, Montenegro fellow. He thought that we would be kindred spirits since, you know, we both are created men. I'm sure he would have said the same to you. And he didn't like that I had a better impression of what we could be. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Montenegro was a created man? Yes. I thought he was, uh... It was a necromancer. Wasn't that the case? That's what he always acted like. I never saw a stitch on him. And trust me, I got real personal with that guy. Not all of us are stitched together from the parts of the dead. Oh, that's foreboding. Okay, sorry for interrupting. Hmm. Well, the thing about Montenegro is he's not here anymore. He's not, but other people are looking to move in. It's a hot real estate market, Doc. Hey, what's take back the fright? He shakes his head for a moment. He wasn't expecting that question to come from you. Well, it's our our rally to get the people of the neighborhood to see that there is a better way through collective action, that we don't need to rely not just on the mob, but we don't need to rely on a corrupt police force to keep us safe from the humans that would see us driven out of our homes. After that impassioned statement, he's going to turn to Mickey, who he knows has been a... Uh, supporter of the church and he looks to you mickey and says my friend you you surely understand what our tenants in this church are calling us to do that we have not just a right but an obligation 
to be more than what people see us as. So many people in this town think that we are the monsters that we look to be, but you and I both know that we are capable of so much more than that. You, you are a son, a, a son that, that looks out for his parents and just wants to make an honest living, right? Uh, I mean, uh, Mickey looks a little uncomfortable at the moment. He's like, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to any of that. I, I'm just, man, I'm just trying to get a new job. I just, I, you know, there's, there's people trying to kill us out there. And I'd really kind of like that to stop so I can get back to work. Right, right. You should not be hunted. It is a, a gross infringement upon our rights. And so, what would be best if all of us banded together in a civil protection group where we could work together amongst ourselves and not rely on anyone other than our friends and our neighbors? Okay, Duck, you know what? You got my attention. Tell you what, Joe pats himself down and pulls out like a crumpled napkin and takes out his pen. Here, hands the pen and napkin to the doctor. Just let me know where it's going to be. Write it down so I can... uh, Otherwise, I'm going to forget. But I've been part of this neighborhood and this community for long enough. And if somebody threatens Drac, then they threaten all of us. And if you're willing to step up and do it the legal way, you know what? I'm interested. Excellent. Excellent. And he takes your pen and he writes down tomorrow night, City Hall, 6 p.m. What's it called again? Take back the fright. Uh, Don't forget that part because otherwise I'm going to probably show up to a different rally full of a bunch of damn hippies or something. He chuckles and he writes down, take back the fright. You're not going to autograph it for me, boss? You see, the thing is, if you become famous, then no one's going to believe that I actually got personally invited. Oh, I know, I know, I know. The church... (sighs) Joe takes a big, deep breath and then, to most likely everyone's astonishment, says... I know that in verse 3, chapter 6 of the resurrection of the Frankenchrist, it speaks very specifically about the issue of the ego. We are created men, and therefore we are created people, and therefore cannot have an ego that has to do with simple, singular identity. But I don't think the Frankenchrist is looking right now, so... Well, the Frankenchrist is always watching us, believers or not. And while I'm certainly not doing this looking for fame, if what you want is a signature, my friend, he writes his his signature. And you know what? I wouldn't mind a little bit of gravy for this rump roast. I mean, it's a little dry, just a little bit. So uh, do you think the Frankenkreis could uh, lead me to there as well? (laughs) Dr. Electra shakes her head and hands over a gravy boat. (laughs) Let there be gravy. I take the uh, the note and pen, lean in a little. Sorry about that guy. We have learned to accept his idiosyncrasies. Fancy handwriting and $5 words. You're going to go far. That is the goal. All right. Look, we've taken up enough of your time. And your rump roast. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely delicious, especially with the gravy. So uh, Bump is wiping his mouth on the napkin, dropping it on his plate and stands up. Or I guess it would have been somebody else's plate that he decided to eat off of. And he steps behind Joe. <sighs> I gotta say, Doc, honestly, hearing what you're talking about is a load off my mind. And he puts his hat back on and adjusts his coat. Because honestly, we came up with butt kiss at Drax's place. So, all right, let's do it your way. 
I'm glad you gentlemen see it this way. I, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow at the rally. Me too. Sir, ma'am, Frank Christ be with you. Frank Christ be with you. I'll be back later on tonight. Don't leave the lights on for me. Please, they are painful to me. Absolutely painful. And Bump is turning away and walking out with Joe. Yep, same. Hey, everybody, this is Billy from Fandible Podcasting Network. Thank you so much for listening. We loved having you here. If you want to follow more of Fandible's crazy hijinks, go to our Twitter or Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Fandible or at Facebook at Fandible. I know, we're creative like that. If you would like to do more uh, and support us, please feel free to go to our Patreon and donate. Uh, Your donations help us go to cons, buy materials, and just keep our radio equipment working. Thank you so much, and remember... Bump always appreciates a fine audience member like yourself.